With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome this evening. Welcome, welcome, welcome all to DYRP Mr. Mark Sermons. And tonight I am excited and enthused to have Reverend Eddie Wiggins with us. It's been quite some time. I've done radio and it's been quite some time that um, we have him as a guest speaker tonight. Thank you everyone for tuning in and joining in and those that will be listening to the archive. And I'll open up with a scripture, then I have someone else that will open up in prayer. And the scripture for tonight in opening is Psalm 5916. Again, that's Psalm 5916 in the NIV. And it says, But I will sing of your strength in the morning. I will sing of your love, for you are my fortress, my refuge in the time of trouble. So let's go ahead and give God some praise and let's sing of his strength that he gives us and sing of his love because he is our fortress and he definitely is our refuge in the time of trouble. So I'll go ahead and let Lady Didi open us up in prayer concerning love and forgiveness and also praying over our guest speaker for his strength, for him to talk on the topic of love and so forth. So welcome Lady Didi, go ahead and open us up in prayer this evening on DYRP. Hello, Adrena. Thank you so much for having me. And um, Pastor Wiggin, God bless you. You're an awesome pastor. Um, Lady Didi, number one mother in Christ, minister and daily. Before I say loving and, and forgiveness, I just want to say a prayer for protection first. When we, we wake up daily, we should say a prayer for protection. The light of God surrounds me. The love of God enfolds. The power of God protects me. The power. The presence of God watches over me. Wherever I am, God is. He's with me. Now, loving caregivers, I think about those precious things. Number one, God is love. That's what God is. God stands for God is love, 1 John 4, 8. I think about those precious people who go about helping me quietly. They give a gentle touch, have intuitions under understanding of my needs, and express compassion without a fanfare or effort. You know, they just do it from their heart. Surely it is love, love for God and for humankind, mankind, that inspires them to be 
caregivers. They see me as the special individual creation of God that I really am. They see my body as a visible form that holds invisible spirit. If I am a caregiver myself, I know that I too am giving from the love of God within. The love I give to others flows first through me to strengthen and inspire me. I enfold all the caregivers in my prayers daily and give thanks for the gift of love. What better gift could I give than the very love out of which I was created? I give thanks for all caregivers because I'm one. And forgiveness, forgive. I don't care if it's your daughter, your mother, your sister, if you got a brother. I don't have any brothers. I don't care if it's your enemy. We have to forgive these people, even if it hurts. People stab you in the back. You got to forgive them. You have to. If it hurts, I put anointed oil from my head to my toes today, all over, even on my heart, you know. So I'm going to say forgive. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And that's in Luke 6.37, which brings greater healing to a troubled soul. Because when you hold that in, you have a troubled soul. Giving or receiving forgiveness. Like I say, I forgive them for those who don't know what they're doing, and I pray they forgive me because I was upset with them. And they need to know that they need to quit doing the same thing over and over again when they say they're not, you know. So like I say, giving or receiving forgiveness, you should do both. Pray for yourself and others because we, we were not perfect. Whether or not I receive the words of forgiveness, I long to hear. I'm going to wait patiently. I can always give forgiveness to myself and others. The very act of forgiveness cleanses away irritation, irritating thoughts that just come inside me that I just want to say, oh, my goodness, and begins a soothing, healing activity that releases it all out of me where I don't feel like screaming or going off. As I remain willing to give and receive forgiveness, the days seem brighter. My relationships are enhanced by the love and the harmony conveyed in forgiveness. As I step forward to forgive, I may even find that others are willing to meet me halfway. Amen. We are drawn together by our willingness to forgive. Such cooperation enhances my already stable relationships and restores the ones that need to be healed. And the person that hurt me, they are healed by the blood of Jesus right now. I claim it in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and his godly angels in Jesus' blood right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Willing, I am willing to forgive and to be forgiven. And that's the only way you can release all that pain and the heavy shoulders and burdens. 
Because if you do hold it inside you, it's like holding a suitcase all over your body. You're dragging your legs. You can't hardly walk because you're so filled with all this hurt and pain. So forgiveness, you got to let go and let God and forgive. Pray for them and pray for yourself to forgive them, even though you don't want to forgive them. And put the anointed oil and just say, thank you, Jesus. And let go and let God take care of that person. They keep continue hurting you, you have to let them go. I don't care if they're your family, friends, whatever. And I say amen to that. Amen. I didn't want to be too greedy. I could have said something else, but I didn't want to get too greedy because once I get started, I can't stop. I might want to say a couple more words, but I want to say never forget that the most powerful force on earth is love. People don't know. Love is powerful, honey. When one has once fully entered the realm of love, the world no matter how imperfect, becomes rich and beautiful in your eyes. For it consists solely of opportunities for love. For finally, we are as we love. It is love that measures our stature. And I thank God for the love he has given me in my heart. I had to learn over the years to love my enemies next door, and I used to say, how can I love thy enemy? But I've learned. I pray for the person that hate me, and then later on, they speak to me. And I let them know I pray for them, and they said, thank you, ma'am, and they hug me and say, I love you. Because some people have mental illnesses. They have, Ill, they have issues. So we can't be mean back. we got to love everybody that hates us. And I, I've learned that now. So love is very beautiful. Love is very healing, too. Love bred our fellowship. Let love continue it, and love shall increase it until death dissolves it. So like I said, when you rest in peace, you're resting in peace with love. You don't want to go resting in peace with eight, because, see, I'm going to heaven with my father. So you rest in peace with love. And you know where you're going. And I say, thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Father, Jehovah. I thank you, Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. And I thank you for our personal Savior daily, for anointing us with the Holy Spirit and your godly angels by the blood. And I say it again, by the blood of Jesus is healing That's the healing of love and the blood of Jesus. Amen. And I thank everybody. I hope everybody feel what I feel because, like you say, 1 Corinthians 13 13, the greatest language of all, and you know, you know, it's three of them. And now, abide of faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of this, of these three is which one? Love. Love, love, love. Okay? Faith, hope, and love, but love is the greatest. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor, God bless you. God bless you, Adrena, Prophetess Adrena. 
And I thank God for continued blessing me. Thank you thank so you. much. Yes, Lord. God is an awesome God. Yes, he is. Okay. Thank you, Lady Sai and uh, Didi, I mean. And uh, I'll go ahead and we're going to turn to the book of Galatians 3. And then right after I'm done with that, the next voice you'll hear is Reverend Eddie Wiggins. Okay. And don't be afraid. Don't be shy while we're live. Go ahead. Tell your friends, your enemies, your Facebook people, your peeps, whatever you call them, um, your brothers and sisters to come on and join to the live call, especially before the Reverend gets on and shares this great message of love. Okay? And looking at Galatians 3, I'm going to be probably reading from the New Living Translation. Um, I will try to skim through the scriptures so that he will have enough time to go ahead and give his word, his message that God has given him to bless this ministry, to bless the people that hear it and those that listen to the archives. Also, um, my prayer is that this will be a glorious experience for us all. And when we look at the book of Galatians, uh, this was written by the Apostle Paul, who in this particular book, was uh, telling others and introducing and inviting everyone that he met into the free life, which is Jesus Christ, learning about being a believer of Christ and reintroducing old ways, hurting all these freedom-loving Christians back into the coral of religious rules and regulations. He's also presenting this to religious leaders of the old school that we know in the churches today. And he was furious, and he came with a strong-arm religious tactic. Um, he was furious with people that were imitating as Christians. And so tonight we're going to find out about that kind of love where some of us are imitating as Christians and expect others for their sins to be broadcasted, to be told. But we know with God's grace we go to him directly and repent and do not go back to that sin. But instead today in churches, we're seeing people have to present themselves in front of the church, the secret sins of life itself that they're having everyday issues, and they want the whole church to know about it. And we know in the church it starts gossip, it starts slander, it, it pierces people emotionally, and we don't want them to commit suicide based on these things. So we're believing when Paul wrote his letters to the Galatian churches, it was to help them, it was to recover the original freedom of having Jesus Christ in our life. It also gives direction in the nature of God's gift of freedom, necessary guidance. And this freedom is a delicate, subtle gift, but it can be easily perverted and often squandered squandered, excuse me. So I'm really excited about giving you this passage. Again, I'm looking at the New Living Translation, but if you're following, you're welcome to read with me in Galatians 3. And I'll start from verse 2. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believe the message you heard about Christ. 
How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as the righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. So if you look at the Old Testament, when God had revealed himself to Abraham, made him leave what was familiar to him, and take all his possessions and all the people that were once with him to move to an unfamiliar place, to get out of their comfort zone. He taught them, especially Abraham, who was the true and living God, and that you please God through your faith, not by necessarily following laws, but as we know with Moses, God had to put laws in place so that the children of the Israelites will not go wild and astray and that you have to have some kind of structure. But when we go to verse 8, it says, what's more, the scriptures look forward to this time when God will make the Gentiles, which are those that were not the Jews at the time or the Hebrews, right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So we are those sons and daughters that are blessed down Abraham's lineage. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scriptures say, curse is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written in God's book of law. So it's clear that no one could be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. But we know in Hebrews 11, it speaks about what pleases God is our faith in him. Verse 12 speaks about this way of faith is very different from the way of the law, which it is through obeying the law that a person has life. But Christ has rescued us from the curse proclaimed by the law that he hung himself on the cross. He took upon himself the curse of our sins, our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, curses everyone who is hung on the tree. Through Jesus Christ, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham, so that who are believers must receive the promise, the Holy Spirit, through faith, that we will have eternal life. As we go a little bit further, uh, we have this inheritance in verse 18, for if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it would be the result of accepting God's promise. But God graciously gave it to Abraham as a promise. Verse 19, why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. That's why the law was given, as I already 
said earlier, but the law was designed to last only until the child who was promised, and we know that to be Jesus Christ. God gave his law through the angels to Moses. He was the mediator between God and his people. Now, the mediator is helpful if more than one party can reach an agreement. That's why we believe when two or more are praying and agreeing on something that God is in the midst. But God, who is one, did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. So is there a conflict between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it, but the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin so we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was the guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need law as our guardian. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in the baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. We're known as new creatures in Christ. We are not the same person. We have his Holy Spirit residing in us because he loves us so much. So therefore, in verse 28 of Galatians 3, there is no longer a Jew or Gentile, a slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ. And now that you belong to Christ, You are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. And we thank you, Lord, for your salvation. Lord, I pray that we can decrease in your Holy Spirit and you increase in each and every one of us. Lord, please let our ears burn, our hearts burn with your holy presence, that we are able to capture every word and every meaning of your scripture in our hearts and our minds, Lord, that we will apply this in our lives. I pray for Reverend Eddie Wiggins, that he will deliver such a message that you place in his heart and mind, that we will be able to receive it, we will eat it up, and be feeling so good inside that we're going to go ahead and live it on purpose. We thank you, Lord, for this word that will go forth. We thank you, Lord, for those that will be listening to the archive, those that are listening to it live. We thank you that we will have no distractions, no no disconnections, no technical difficulties, and your message will be delivered in this hour. And we thank you and praise your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And now as I have promised, The next voice you will hear is Reverend Eddie Wiggins. Welcome tonight or this evening. Well, God God bless you, Adriana. Some lovely prayers going forth tonight. Powerful word. 
I want to share a word. This comes out of John chapter 7. I'm sorry, chapter 8. And we're going to start at verse 1. You were talking about forgiveness, compassion to others. Love is a theme of your February shows. And I want to share what the Lord put on my heart to share with my church as I preached one Sunday. And I actually use this scripture. And it starts, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all of the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. Now that's funny, isn't it? Here Jesus is God. He is the word. Yet they're going to quote the word to Jesus. Yet they quoted it wrong. The law of Moses said the man and the woman were to be stoned. See their mistake? Let me continue. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? No, Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Now that is love. Amen? That is compassion. That is the type of forgiveness that the Lord exhibited that day as he rode in the ground. And I thought about, what did he write? Could it be possible that he wrote every man's name in that crowd that had had sex with this woman? Could he have been writing in the ground my sins, Reverend Eddie's sins? And thinking to himself, I got to go to the cross so that this one has the possibility to live with me forever. How about you out there in the audience? Maybe he's writing all of our sins down and saying, Father, I love him so much. I got to go to this cross and die and pay the price for their sins that they don't have to pay that price and they can live with us forever. At any rate, I looked into the congregation after reading this, and I asked them, do you love me? And they looked at me, and I said, do you love me? Oh, yeah, Reverend Eddie, we love you. We love you. Yeah, we love you. And I said, yeah, you love me now. 
because I'm safe. You love me now because I'm a pastor and the way I live. But let's back up 12, 13 years. Would you have loved me when I was a drug addict, when I was a thief, when I was a liar, when I was doing all the crimes that I was doing, all the sexual crimes with women that I was doing? Would you have loved me then when I probably might have stolen out of your purse had you left it out? Would you have loved me then? Would you have even let me into your church? And if you did let me in, would you offer me your shoulder to cry on as I gave my life to Christ? A very powerful man of God, Coach Lowell Gecker, he was my high school teacher, coach, and still teaching, and definitely my mentor today shared something with me. He said, you know, Eddie, the ground at the cross of Jesus' level, no one stands taller than anyone else at the cross of Jesus. And I thought about that. You know, it's not on this huge high peak that only the strong can climb to get to Jesus. It's not on this tiny little peak that will only hold a few. The ground is level at the cross of Jesus so everyone can come. And no one stands taller than anyone else because we're all sinners. When the church finally agreed, okay, Rev, we'd have loved you before you became a reverend. Yes, you could have cried on my shoulder as you gave your life to Christ. I thanked him and I said, now we're getting to the crux of the message that the Lord has put on my heart. You know, there's something going on in America. It's talked about at dinner tables, town hall meetings, in the halls of Congress, okay, in the Senate halls and chambers, even in the White House. It's talked about at companies and at work. And that is uh, gay marriage, homosexuality, and lesbians, okay? And what the Lord put on my heart is about the hard stand that the church has taken against homosexuals and lesbians. I've heard. People say, church folks, they're not coming up in here. I've heard pastors say, I won't allow them in my church. And what the Lord said to me was, just because you didn't particularly partake in a particular sin doesn't diminish your sins one iota. We're all sinners. And the cross is available to all sinners. Therefore, the church doors should be open to all sinners. Amen? How can we pick and choose who's going to come to the cross of Jesus? His will is that all be saved. What's our will? Is our will 
lined up with his will? Is there enough love in each one of us? Enough compassion? Enough forgiveness? To not worry about what other people are doing in their lives, but to usher them in. Get them in and get them to the cross and get them saved. Isn't that what we're called to do? Not judge. Amen? I just want to share something that the Lord put on my heart. Homosexuals and lesbians are not like aliens from another planet. These are people. People that God created with his own hand. Breathed his breath of life in them. He put talents, skills, gifts in each and every one of them. And they have hopes. And they have dreams. And they have plans. And they have heartbreaks. Can they have your shoulder to cry on? Would you lead them to the cross of Jesus? Is that in you? Is that a part of your love, a part of your forgiveness, and a part of your compassion that we want to display in our Christ-like walk? Amen? Just something to think about them. Throwing it all out there. I know Adriana would love to open up the uh, lines for calls and uh, texts and uh, comments. And I would love to hear them as well. But I want to take a stand. Now get your little uh, uh, Twitters or tweeters or whatever you got. Because I'll take a stand right here, right now on Adriana's show. And you could tell him, Reverend Eddie said it. Reverend Eddie loves homosexuals. Reverend Eddie loves lesbians. Reverend Eddie loves all sons. And if you can find me a person that hasn't sinned, I'll even love him too. But I don't think you can. Just because we didn't walk that walk doesn't make our sins any less. You see? And my motto is those church doors must remain open and we want to love and welcome all who will come. How dare we get in the way of the Holy Spirit or get in the way of God's prompting these people to come in to the church and draw close to him. How dare we get in the way? I'll take another stand. If you tell me you're coming this Sunday, I'll meet you at the curb and open the church doors and hug you and walk you all the way into the front row. Amen? Okay, Adriana, let's see what folks have to say. Okay, just give me a moment to open up the line. Okay. Amen. I mean, since you got love going on this month, 
I just thought I'd share one of the, one of the sermons that the Lord gave me on loving others, loving one another. You know, I've got I've I've got nieces that are uh, uh, lesbians. I've got nephews that are homosexuals. And when I came into this family, they're like a family. They adopted me when I was 27. There's hundreds of them in this family. And I was drug addict. I was at my worst. And you know these people loved on me, invited me into their family, fed me. I was at all the parties. I was at all the events, all the funerals. They never judged me. So now that I found Jesus, I'm supposed to beat them up with the word of God. They know I'm a pastor. So I just love on them. And when they need to talk, they know they can call me. Those doors are open because I've never shunned them. I've never shunned them. You see, we can't make anybody do anything anyway. God hasn't given us that kind of power, but we can walk the walk. And then when they get ready, when they start questioning their lifestyles, at least they'll have somebody they feel comfortable to call. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. All right. Lines are open. Anyone? Well, I just want to uh, comment. Um, I love Reverend Wiggins. I mean, this phone ain't going to be on no more, but uh, I'm going to be back on my husband's phone, but... I've loved him since 2011, so every time he gets on, I will get on, you know, because ever since that story about that hell, I will never forget that story. <laughs> I mean, I yes, remember man. that hell. Me and my husband was listening at that time, but right now he's not listening because he lost his mother. She just died on uh, January 30th. Um, she was 82 years old. The Lord's blocked in. So this time he's not on here, but um, I just love when you did that. And, um, you. you know, I'm... I went to the I went to the hospital, you know, like four times in six years because I have schizoaffective disorder. But when you talk about gay people, I really they come on to me, and you know basically how I get them off of me because I'm not gay. This is not Adam and Steve. This is Adam and Eve. I say I love my <laughs> husband. That's how I get rid of him. I love my husband. And then when they see my husband come visit me on his birthday. That's how they get away from me because they try to talk to me. Oh, I can do this and all that. No, you're not. No, I love. I love my husband. I love men. I will always love men. I I cannot be gay ever. And me and Dom, me for seven years, bombs, whatever you want to call them, ex boyfriends, whatever, for seven years, and it was really depressing. But I would never go gay because that's against God. And you know they got to rebuke that demon out of them because I'm not gay and I can I can never be gay. It's just we got the same parts. I mean, what can we do with each other? And basically, my sister, Vita, Johnny, at my church, Seventh-day Adventist, that I go to for four years, remembers me and my husband, Sebastian Haynes. Um, she said, basically, she said, I didn't know that. I said, yeah, I didn't know that neither. Because in Milwaukee, when I went to the hospital, nobody's gay there. They're like me. You know, they love they love a man or they love their husband. But it's like, they even do that with my husband out here. The gay men are sweating my husband, too. So it's just like, I don't know what's going on. They be like, where your husband at? I'm like, he right there, you know, gay men are sweating my husband, too. So it's just like a lot of gay people in Jackson, Mississippi. I didn't know that until I moved here. But we get them, get them away from us because they see me always with him, or they always see me with him, so they know we're not gay. Amen. Amen. Yes. yes. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. I respect your choice. Yes. I love you. Love, I love you, you, too. 
I love all y'all. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your love. You're welcome. We also had a question in the chat room by Brother Michael. It says, those who practice sin, do you try to get them delivered? And go ahead and respond, Reverend. Yes, I have a deliverance ministry, and deliverance is in my heart. I mean, I was in uh, attending a deliverance ministry for 12 years, and uh, now I have my own deliverance ministry, and that's the thing. You see, people are coming in, they get saved, but that's the next step. Deliverance. Now you can get set free so that you can live in the spirit of God and not succumb to the sinful nature that this flesh offers. You see, uh, deliverance is important. I was high for 31 years. Jesus himself delivered me from them drugs overnight. And I mean, I was doing $400 worth of cocaine a day. An eight ball in the morning and an eight ball at night. Stopped cold turkey and never went back. So deliverance is powerful. Unfortunately, a lot of churches don't have deliverance services. They don't have healing services. You know, they just pass that tray and the people leave the same way they came in. Deliverance is important. Fasting and praying is important. Uh, Satan has yokes and strongholds on God's people and the anointing will break those yokes, but they have to want it. God's not going to deliver anyone that doesn't want to be delivered. Amen? Amen. Yeah. So the idea in ministry and in our walk with others is to not so much point fingers I used to steal like you. I don't steal no more. God delivered me from that. That may be a little harsh. You see what I'm saying? But with your lifestyle of no longer stealing, they'll come up to you. Hey, you used to steal like me. You don't steal anymore? No, man. Lord delivered me from that, and I'm set free now. And he actually even blessed me with an awesome job, so I'm making more money than I ever made in my life, and I I just love all the things the Lord's doing in my life. Now you are putting something on the table that they may want. Well, I want that. How can I get that? Now they've opened the door, and you can minister to them. I mean, you know, you just walk up to somebody and try to cast out demons. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) <laughs> that might not go <laughs> over so well. Amen. But, but you can create the desire in others by what God has done in your life that they'll want what mm-hmm. you have as well. They want God to work in their lives like they see him working in yours. Amen. You see? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, he delivered me seven years of fornication, and I've been, and I, August the night this year, I've been with my husband for seven years, one man. Amen. So I did seven years of fornication, and then now I've been seven years with my husband, August the night, be our anniversary. Amen. 
Praise God. And doesn't it feel good when we're living a life that pleases God, when we're finally free, free of those strongholds and those bondages that kept us in that state of disobedience? You see? Now, what, what like, is it, the reason why I was doing it because that my flesh was taking over my body, I admit it. That was that was that's why I was doing the fornication. But I just kept. It was like the reason why I kept doing it because all the men was atheists, and they were. Uh, it was basically atheists, and then, uh, number two, when I have sex with them, I feel their demons get in me, and I got a good spirit. So it's like it's conflicting spirits, and it's not. It's unequally yoked. My husband has a spirit like me. He has a good heart. He has a good spirit. So we we got engaged for that whole year, but then we've been married six years. But that's our first period, August the 9th period. That's the day period. So we've been together seven years, but we've been married six years on August the 9th. Well, congratulations. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's awesome. And that is one of the dangers of any sexual sin. The Bible oh. says when a man and a woman have sex, they become one. And they even said they even said was getting in me. They was so whatever's in there. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's a man going to bed. Hmm? I'm sorry, say that again. Hold on. Yeah. No, because Go I ahead. always invited excuse me, I'm sorry for uh, cutting you, I'm sorry for talking over you. But I always invited my ex boyfriends to church for seven years and they would never go. The one I'm with now, Sebastian Hayes, I invited him. He always went. He never, he never stopped going. All right. Excellent. So he's not, he's not atheist. He's not atheist. That's why I married him. Yes. Yeah. Well, when a man goes to bed with a prostitute, every demon that prostitute has has now permission to jump into that man yes. because he gave him permission by entering her. And the two flesh becoming one. And that's why the Bible points out the sexual sins a little more than the other sins. Because that's where it starts to get dangerous demonically. You Mm -hmm. see? Yes, I know. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Wiggins. Yes, Uh, ma'am. I have something to say on free. So. Mm -hmm understand what you've been through free is being free uh first peter two sixteen. as servants of god live as free people and what he means by that i may believe in the freedom of others but sometimes have a challenge believing in my own freedom i gain the freedom to do what i desire to do when i stop letting my own negative thoughts control me If I feel that I have lost the willpower to overcome some dependency, like drugs or sex or whatever, I reclaim Mm -hmm. it now. I reclaim it now. I do not wait for someone to rescue me or do what is mine to do. I claim my freedom from negative habits and tendencies as I let the power of God's spirit within free and keep me free. When I truly realize that I can never be alone in anything I do, I have the courage to claim my freedom. I am free to say no. N-O. What part of no you don't understand? The N or the, or the O? 
<laughs> or about something, when my decision is the result of divine guidance, yes, I am free. For the power of God within has set me free. I believe in the power of God to set me free. And that's what he did to you, Pastor Wiggins. Amen. A man, Amen. And family or friends. You depend on yes. God. He's your best and only friend. Yes. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can I get an amen, everybody, on that? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I was, that was an excellent scripture on freedom. I have another one for you that I like to use, and this is true deliverance. Uh, I got that marked at the top of the page. It's Galatians, Galatians chapter 5. Okay. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. But by faith, we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Now, what Paul was talking about is the Judaizers. The Judaizers were telling Gentiles that they had to get circumcised and become a Jew in order to become a Christian. And they had to obey the law of Moses. And see, Christ came to set us free. Okay? He died to set us free from sin and from a long list of laws and regulations. Christ came to set us free, not free to do whatever we want, because that would lead us back into slavery in our selfish desires. Amen. Rather... Thanks to Christ, we are now free and able to do what was impossible before, to live unselfishly. Those who appeal to their freedom so that they can have their own way or indulge in their own sinful desires are falling back into sin. But it is also wrong to put a burden of law-keeping on Christians. We must stand against those that would enslave us with rules methods, or special conditions for being saved or growing in Christ. You see, there's another thing called legalism, obeying the law to the letter can't save you. I'm not going to heaven because I'm obedient to his word. I'm not going to heaven because of the work that I do, the travel that I do, the shows that I speak on, the works that I do can't get me entrance into heaven. My obedience is not going to get me into heaven. Because if that were true, then man can save himself. We're saved by grace, by faith in Jesus Christ. That's what saves us. 
That's how we got salvation. Also mercy. And and mercy. And if we try to earn heaven any other way, we're erasing that free gift of salvation, that grace. You see? We don't want to ever diminish the grace. Now, we do live obedient lives, and we do obey what God asks us to do, but that's exercising our faith. That's our faith in action. That's our faith in motion. You see, that's that new creature. Once we gave our lives to Christ, that's the work of the Holy Spirit coming in us, delivering us from thieving, delivering us from lying, uh, lying, delivering us from cursing, delivering us from a lifestyle we used to live to bring us into the lifestyle that's pleasing to God. But how can we brag on that? Holy Ghost did that. I didn't deliver myself from drugs. I didn't bring myself out of hell. If it wasn't for God's mighty hand upon my life, I wouldn't be on this radio show. Amen. Hallelujah. But it's not me. Praise the it's Lord. It's not me. It's Thank Him you. living through me. Yes. It's Jesus Christ for life. Yes. Amen. That's what you're witnessing. If you're seeing anything good at all in Reverend Eddie, what you're seeing is Christ living in me and a dead me. See, flesh has to die. We have to die. We got to die to our sinful nature, die to our selfishness, die to our self-centeredness, die to our selfish desires so that he can work through us and we stop focusing on us and start looking around us and see, oh, that lady over there, she's in need. She's so hungry. She ain't got no money. Look how old she is. Let me go feed her. That's the Holy Ghost working through us. Man. That's the faith working in us. Like, um, Reverend Vegas, I can give you an example yeah. of, of, of us, me and my husband. Uh, we let three people, homeless people, live with us. The first one was this guy. His nickname is Bolay, but his real name is Charles. We let him live with us for a month so, he, you know, so he could do better. And then we let this other guy named Jesse, he was our neighbor. Uh, we let him live with us five months. And then the other person was this guy named Howard, and we let him stay for about a week. So it's not just preaching, you know, reading the Bible. It's helping others that in need. And we and my husband do it all the time. And people we see on the street, because we were homeless in Nashville, Tennessee for a month, so we know what it's like. And we help others because we were homeless at that one time, too, uh, in 2012. Yeah. In 2012. And see, so we, so we help homeless why- people. Yes, we have homeless yes. people. That's probably why the Lord allowed you two to be homeless, because then you would have a heart to help the homeless. How can was, you really yes. work with them if you don't yeah. know what they're going through, if you don't know what they're feeling, if you don't know that loneliness, if you don't know that hopelessness, how can you minister? Yeah, you, you got to go through it. You gotta, you gotta, yes, I know. We, gotta, we had to go through it for a month. To help them, right. because we went through, we know we've been there. And then the people that we see at the gas station, if we have an extra dollar change, we give them that too, because we know we've been there. Right. Now that's faith and love for Christ expressing itself through you, you see. And now you're walking a whole different walk than you used to walk. 
Right. Faith is not something that stops between the ears and, oh, yeah, I believe that Jesus is Lord. No, faith is an action word. Faith will change your life and it will touch other lives and it will express love where it's needed in other people's lives. It's like you die and your concerns about yourself, you know God got you. But others, they don't know him. They don't have that personal relationship. So you're reaching into their lives, and you're being a blessing to them. And they're like, why are you doing this for me? I I barely know you, but I mean, I thank you. But why are you doing this for me? Because Jesus loves you, and I love you too. Praise God. You know what I'm saying? And now you can share this gospel and these folks can make their way into heaven. We want them to get to the cross. The church doors got to remain open for everyone. We can't pick and choose who can come to the cross. How dare we? It's his cross. He died on it, not yes. us. Yes, in my, in my church, um, we've been seeing the homelessness last year. We do it the first Sabbath and the third Sabbath, and I'm in it. Amen. Hey, we have a question yeah. in the chat room as well. Brother Michael states, do you teach or preach God's word towards homosexual action, I guess, carried on in the church and in the world? Oh, I'm sorry. Is that to me? Yeah. Okay. Say that one more time. I was looking for Michael in the uh, chat room. Say that chat one more time. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm it from. Correct. Oh, Okay. <laughs> So he has the question. Uh, yeah. It says, do you teach or preach God's word toward homosexual action that is carried on in the church and in the world? Okay. Let's let's go with the church first. Okay. I, I saw a magazine, Ebony Magazine. And it had the caption on the cover, black, Christian, and gay. And I thought to myself, that doesn't make sense. Let's substitute something here. Black, Christian, child molester. Black, Christian, bank robber. You see... The two don't go together. You can't live a sinful lifestyle and be a Christian. I used to be a bank robber, but now I found Jesus. I used to be a drug addict, but now I found Jesus. I used to be gay, but now I found Jesus. But I can't keep robbing banks and have found any part of Jesus. You see what I'm saying? It doesn't go with the lifestyle. And the Christian walk isn't a hat that we put on Sunday that says, I love Jesus, and take it off during the week. The Christian lifestyle is a lifestyle. It's, it's, it's exactly that. So in the church, we would teach how to live for Christ. Not how to live with Christ and continue in your sin. Now, the world hasn't come into the church yet. So there's very little that we can say to the world. As a matter of fact, 
if you went on the radio or the TV and you told the world that living a homosexual uh, lifestyle is going to get you thrown in hell, now they want to put you in jail and they call it hate speech and they say that you hate gays. They label you. Even though you're just quoting a scripture or perhaps uh, uh, warning the world. The world don't want to hear it. But when they come in the church, they they definitely need to be taught how to live for Christ. And a lot of churches aren't doing that. They're just collecting money. You can come as you are, stay as you are, just keep giving your money as you are. I ain't going to bother you. Don't you bother me. And they allow the sin to remain. But the church that Jesus is coming for, it's holy. And it's blameless. And it's spotless. Without wrinkle. So we really do need to live a life that pleases God. That's going to make God happy. Why would you want to live a life that doesn't make God happy? Do you think he's going to let you into heaven? If you live a life. That's displeasing in his sight. Why would you want to be on that side of God? Let's try living for God and make him smile down upon you. Amen? Amen? And amen. Amen. I don't hear anyone. Oh, there you are. <laughs> I hope that answered the question. Right. Well, we kind of <coughs> a little over the hour, too. So uh, would you like to close the cut off? in prayer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> would, you, you asked me, would I close this up in prayer? Yes. I would love to. Lord thank Jesus, you. we just thank you. We thank you. And we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done in our lives, all that you're doing and everything we plan on doing. We thank you for this show, Lord. We thank you for Adriana. We just ask that you drench her in your precious blood from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. We pray, Lord, that the message that went out today touched the hearts of your people. We pray, Lord, for souls, for thy kingdom. And I pray this message excited people to go out and get more souls for his kingdom. May everybody who participated and everybody who will hear this show be blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. And thank you once again. Thank you, Lady Didi, for opening prayer. Thank you for a participant, Sonia, for asking her questions and sharing her testimony. Thank you, Brother Michael, in the chat room for sharing your questions on the topic of loving um, those that sometimes we refuse or some of us may even consider as our enemy. And so I just really thank you for bringing this word so that we can have love for all God's children and all God's people, even those that may not accept God right away. So thank you so much again, Reverend Eddie Wiggins. Oh, you're welcome, and thanks for having me. It was an absolute honor and a pleasure. <laughs> it was my pleasure, too, uh, for you to join us. And in two weeks, do you want to still join us in this month of February of Love? Absolutely. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Two weeks from this Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. 
Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. We'll have them join us once again. Thank you. I would be honored. Thank you. Okay. Amen. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.